Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So I want to talk about a life of power. Um, because uh, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, uh, Paul the Apostle says, the kingdom of God is not in talk, 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 in word, but in power. We need more than proclamation, we need demonstration. And God will demonstrate Himself in church, like we saw this week on a Sunday, to touch you, but so that you can go into your world and demonstrate the power of God in uh, business, in medicine, so that you can be the, the, the person that dominates the atmosphere. So let's look at scripturally, what God wants in His church, because we don't need seeker-sensitive churches. We need God-sensitive churches. We need Holy Spirit-sensitive uh, churches. We don't need churches that cater for man first. We need churches that cater for God first. And I get concerned because I go to many pastoral conferences and people talk about how to cater to reach certain types of people. Well, I suggest you cater for God and I suggest you cater for the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit comes, He will reach from the most intellectual to the most illiterate, from the richest to the poorest, from the uh, uh, darkest to the lightest uh, skin texture. Because there's no black or white people alive on planet Earth. They just don't exist. I don't know if you ever found a black person. When you do, bring him to me. I want to see it. I've never seen it. And if you ever find a white person, please bring him to me. I also want to see, because I've never seen a white person. These are labels politicians put upon us. It's not a label God put upon us. The Bible says we hail from one blood. The Bible says we were created the image of God. The Bible says we come from God. Come on. So I don't see a white person here tonight. I don't see a black person here tonight. I don't see a colored person here tonight. I think it's a disgrace that our government would still classify people according to skin color. I think it's a disgrace. I will say it on national TV. It is a disgrace that the employment policy is based on skin color. It is a disgrace that colored suddenly are not black enough, that Asians suddenly are not black enough, but they fought the same struggle. Ach, sis man, this a fies like a ding, this a leer like a ding, wat sy kop daar uitsteek. Dis verkeerd, 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 verkeerd. So don't tell a person that was colored, that was more uh, humiliated by anybody else, going to the past office, taking a pen, pushing it through their heads, their hair, to classify them um, under apartheid, whether they are uh, this kind of a colored or that kind of a colored, who fought in the struggle, and now suddenly they're not black enough to get certain jobs. Ach, sis man, sis, regering, sis vir jylle man, skam jylle, skam jylle. Skam jylle. Skam jylle. Suddenly, uh, uh, Indian people, Asian people that were brought here in slavery are not black enough, but they came here as slaves. And suddenly they don't qualify. Sis, man. Sis. Nee, my nie vriendelike sies, dat tik nie, amper sê ek tik, gooi nie, sit een lelike, sit een vals noe daar. Nee, dis nie vals nie. Die is sien, want die kerk het nie so lelike klank nie, net politici het. 
Now, after 30 years, we still want to look at people as white and black. And those people want to lead the country. They must be removed. <clears throat> no, clap better than that. I don't care what the color of your skin is. Clap better than that. Clap better than that. Get rid of your hatred. Get rid of your anger. Get rid of your racism. You want revival? Revival on the day of Pentecost united the nations. What God did at the Tower of Babel to scatter the nations and confuse the nations. On the day of Pentecost, God started His church multinational, multicultural, multi-generational. And that was the birth of the church. It wasn't a white church. It was a church of every nation that dwelt on the face of the earth. And people went back to those places. The church is different and we have to walk in power. And the power, the, 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 the greatest power we have to walk in is the power of God's love. So if somebody talks in tongues and they, they are a, a peach pink person like me and, and they don't want to be in a church where there are a, a darker uh, people with skin pigmentation and they're talking in tongues, your tongues are not tongues from the Holy Ghost. Those are imitation tongues because if you pray in the tongues of the Holy Ghost, you will lose yourself. You will not see people on the outward. You would see people on the flesh. Come on, in the spirit. You will not focus on the flesh. So, uh, and I had a problem with this because I was in a Pentecostal church and my pastor always told me, we're not called for black people. He never said right with me because I didn't understand what the difference was. Because if you have God, I have God, what's the difference? Are we so shallow, skin deep, that we assess people based on skin color and that this government uh, forms legislation and drafts an equity bill how people may be employed based on skin color. Are we not supposed to be beyond that? I said, are we not supposed to be beyond that? Where there's neither male nor female, but the person who is qualified gets the job. That's why we need God to elevate His servants, His sons, His daughters in the highest positions that will govern this country righteously so that every born free young person in this country can have a future. Oh, come on. I'm talking to everybody under the age of 30. May discrimination against you be abolished. May you live the life that God has for you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. There was a time people had to leave to find their destiny, but those days are over. We need godly leaders. Amen. So Luke chapter 6 verse 12, the Bible says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. The key to your power and the key to blessing is your prayer life. You pray to God secretly, God will reward you publicly as a businessman, as a doctor, a lawyer, advocate, pastor. Your public walk with God will determine the public prayer. Your, your private prayer will determine the public fruit you bear. It's just how it is. One thing you cannot fake is the anointing. You cannot fake the presence of God. You cannot fake it if God's hand is on your life. You cannot fake fruit. You either bear it or you don't. And the key is an abiding relationship with Jesus. So Jesus, after he prays, comes down. 
stood on a level place with the crowd, his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, from all over Gauteng and over, all over the towns in Cape Town will come to Cape Town. Amen, Cape Town. No, you, Pretoria. Amen, I'm talking to Cape Town. Because we're going to have a wild time in Cape Town. I'm telling you, I didn't want to come because I actually am a little bit tired. But I know that God wants us to come to Cape Town. We're going to, of course, there we are going to see like the pool of Bethesda. There's going to be a stirring like this. It's going to unsettle. It's going to draw. Pray for it. It's going to attract people. It's going to bring people. It's going to bring prodigals. It's going to bring the lost. It's going to deal with devils. It's going to destroy division. It's going to establish God's order. There's going to be a stirring of the waters in Cape Town. You better get ready for it in Jesus' name. Gloe van my, ek weet het. Want dis wat die Heer my gewaas het in my gees. Hier weer kan hy rivier wees. I can't wait for it because I want to see how those people in Joburg will respond. Because it's a fairly new church that. We had it open for a year, then we were shut down by these stupid COVID people for two and a half years, and they were stupid. I don't care what you think, they were stupid. Ungodly. Say, Pastor, don't talk like that. They were stupid didn't care about anybody but themselves, stole 500 billion that nobody has ever given account for, and we just go on. And they harm the church, they'll give account, believe me. Any government that damages the church of Jesus Christ will be held to account. You better hear me. People don't like me saying this, but I've got the microphone, so you've got to suck it up. Your gentle ways in any case does nothing, and your passivity does nothing, and your silence has done nothing, and your opinions do absolutely nothing. Somebody needs the backbone to say it as it is, so that we can see the church of Jesus arise in this country unapologetically, unashamedly. Come on. Oh, come on, wake up the mighty men. It's time for war. Wake up this next generation. It's time for war. Let this next generation arise in the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Bring a revolution, not the 1974 revolution, but a Holy Ghost revolution. A Holy Ghost revolution, that's what we need in South Africa, young people. A revolution that will break the powers of darkness. A revolution that will unify this nation. A revolution that will build this country. A revolution that will eradicate the powers of corruption. We need our young people to rise in a revolutionary spirit, but it is the spirit of the anointing, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the spirit of the power of God. That's what we need in this country. We need Christians to arise, people who know who they are. Shout amen, come on. If you're under the age of 30, you are the born freeze in this country. You give the Lord a radical praise because you are the ones that are gonna change this country. This continent and this world, give him a praise, come on. I don't exclude the 30 olds, but all the 30 under 30 olds, give him a praise. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You give him a praise because you can. Matter of fact, the people who changed the world were all young people. I'm waiting for those young people. I'm waiting for the on fire, on fire 17 year old. The David, the Jeremiah, 
the person that has so much fire that he's like a hot potato. No, let me rather say that she's like a hot potato, that she's like a hot coal, that she's like an ester. Come on, that she's un- people are uncomfortable with her because there's a fire in her that she received not from a man, but she received it from the Holy Ghost. She met her God at a young age and she's unapologetic. She's unashamed. She knows that God has called her. She's not going to sell out. Come on, young girl. She's not going to sell out to the world. No matter what her background, she knows she has called. She's chosen. She's appointed by God. And there's something special on the inside of her because she's a daughter of the living God. Come on. And her past life does not define her. It's what God says about her. She's hungry for God. She's desperate for God. She cries out to God. And God says, I will raise you up and I will use you to do what no man can do. Because many are called, but few are chosen. Many have not answered the call, but my eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for a man or a woman whose heart is loyal toward me. Then I'm going to put my hand upon that person and I'm going to elevate them like a David. I'm going to raise them up like an Esther. I'm going to give them favor with those in the highest places because they are mine. They are my crown jewels. They are my chosen. They are my ones that I have called. And they, at a young age, have sanctified themselves. Those are the ones God is going to use. Listen, your voice matters. You matter. Age is but a number. Jeremiah, you can be 17. You can be a prophet in your company. David, you can be 17. You can bring that foul devil of witchcraft down in your generation and your bloodline because when you pray in the name of Jesus, heaven shows up and the demons tremble with fear because you have authority by the power of the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's your time. It's your time. It's your hour. It's your moment. You have to catch it in the spirit and you have to rise up to it and you have to press into it and you have to run with it. Then you will be that person that will be a history maker. Not when you are 40, not when you are 50, but when you are 25, when you are 30, when you are 35, people are going to talk about you because they will see there is something upon your life and it is the glory of God. It is the presence of God. It's the anointing that nobody can receive. Nobody can dispute. Nobody can neutralize. Nobody can stop it. Because if God puts his hand upon you, there is no devil in hell that can stop you from being everything God called you to be in Jesus' name. Get ready for special anointings. Get ready for special visitations. Get ready for special impartations. Get ready for God to come and shake you up. Get ready for God to shift things in your life. Get ready for God to move you into dimensions and places that you say, oh God, I'm not ready. I'm just a child. I'm just a nobody. God says, no, no, I've chosen you. God says, I have called you. God says, I've ordained you. God says, I've appointed you. God says, you go in this power of my might. You speak the words that I say. You do not be afraid of their faces. You do not back down, but because of opposition, you stand and I will vindicate you. I will go before you. I will make the mountains bow before you and you will know that my favor is upon you and you will see that my hand is upon you and you will see that the mountains will bow before you because this is the day that I will anoint this generation to do great things in Jesus' name. Come on, give him a praise for a moment if you receive the word tonight. 
Give him a praise. Come on, young people. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. They're in Cape Town. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Come on. You say, what kind of a service? He said, don't worry. Just reach out to God. God's reaching out to you. Because things are going to shift. You're not going to be able to sleep tonight. The word of the Lord is going to come to you. God's going to break that addiction over your life. God's going to break that captivity. God's going to do what nobody else can do. By the power of the Holy Ghost, you'll never be the same again. Things that will dare with dead will come alive again. Your dreams will be revived. Your vision will be restored. Because God said upon the young generation, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Young men will see visions. They are going to prophesy. They have a future. They are the builders of today and of tomorrow. I'm talking to you in Jesus' name. You be that person. Full of the Holy Ghost and full of power. Jesus' name. Jesus. This week you're going to go back to work and somebody's going to say to you, there's something different about you. Did you cut your hair? You say, no, I never cut my hair. You look different. We on holiday. Seven minutes till what Jesus comes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm careful. You are so angry, young people. I'm careful to call people because then you're all going to storm me. So uh, makes it difficult. Not difficult. Your hunger is great. Makes it difficult to pray for specific things God shows me. Because uh, I want to pray for this, then 50 other people come for something else. So it makes it difficult. Um, hmm. You know, um, when God calls you, you know it the day you're born. Somehow. It's not something you wonder about. When I was the furthest away from God, I said, I'm going to come two people. A drunk man and a kind. That's why we have to get you drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but... Um, the truth comes out of two people. Drunk people, but I'm not good drunk. And children. You can't fool a child. <laughs> I, I, I said to you, I was sleeping one day. It was like I was resting. So uh, Angelique, I think, was like three years old. And Pastor Ellen Berg phones me. I say to her, tell Pastor Ellen I'm sleeping. She goes on the telephone, she says, my daddy says he's sleeping. <laughs> so I had to phone him back and say, listen, I was sleeping, okay. Because <laughs> I was trying to sleep for the evening. And he phones me, and you know, Pastor Ellen is... 
Hey, brother Ed. Yes. How are you? I love him. He's my good friend. It's like, I'm fine, Ellen. How are you doing? Um, great. <laughs> it's like, okay, can get on with it. It's like, um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How was church this morning? No, Ellen, great. God saved hundreds of people. Things are great. I mean, um, how was church? How was church? Um, well, praise God. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's just wonderful that we're so different, right? Somebody said to me, other day, you, you, you talk so fast, I don't hear anything you say. I said, exactly. I'm speaking to your spirit, man, but you get triple for the price of one. So go, 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 go get, the, go get, go, because technology is now so fancy, you can slow forward it. When people send me a message, I fast forward it. Because like, hello, uh, how's your day? Uh, I say, okay, put it on times three. Hello, uh, how's it going? Uh, what's the gist? What's the gist of what you say? <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to say is this: that if, if, if when when um, when I was the furthest away from God, and uh, the highest on whatever I was using those days, as in rarach or by then I always said, "One day, one day." I prophesied to myself because I didn't know nothing about a pastor or anything else. I never wanted to do it. But when I was as drunk as a skunk and as high as a kite, I would say, one day I'm going to be a Duomini. Because it was written in my heart. And as a fact, a matter of fact, my, my grandmother, you know, that's why God is generational. Satan wants to stop a generational blessing. And, 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 and stop a generational uh, uh, anointing to flow. But my grandmother, who had seven daughters, prayed to God and said, um, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you like Hannah. And then uh, the Lord gave her my father, who studied theology, but never went into the ministry. And the first time I heard that, I knew that because he never answered the call, I answer the call. Sounds weird, right? Because of the prayers of my grandmother, because she made a vow. And God holds you to your vow. God holds you generationally to your vow. You don't walk away from a vow. You don't defer to pay a vow. So I knew somehow, although I wanted to study law and I wanted to go into politics and uh, maybe would have, which have been a good thing now today. But in any case, um, uh, I just knew. I just absolutely knew it. Always suppressed it. Always fought it. And by the way, I wasn't a churchgoer, right? Didn't go to church. Didn't put my foot in a church. But when I was, when I was high enough and we would talk, I'd say, 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 
<laughs> Ek a dominee, a pastoor, the least likely person. But that's exactly what God will do. Because God will have His way. What God has intended for your life, God's going to have His way. And God's not going to change His mind about you. Are you listening to me? Listen, uh, uh, beautiful people on, on Faith TV. It's an honor to have you with us. Thank you for being with us. Uh, sorry we only have this short moment with you. But uh, jump, on, jump on our social media platforms. We've had an amazing two weeks. We have a great week in uh, uh, Johannesburg. And then the week after that in Cape Town, make your way to one of those churches if you live in that area. And I just really do pray God's favor upon your life. I pray that God crowns you with glory and honor and that you'll experience a dimension of God's presence like you never have. God bless you. Love you. Peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, and don't, if, if you storm this platform now, I'm not going to pray for anybody. There are people sitting here tonight, you know that God has called you. you. If you have to think about it, then it's not. I don't care. Some of you have maybe answered it. You've walked away from it. I don't know. But I know tonight that you need to make a decision. And I know tonight that I have to activate you. Because the longer you live and the more gifted you are, the more paths there are to follow. That's why when it comes to discerning, discerning the will of God, it is vital that you do it as early as possible, although it's never too late. I mean, Moses was 85 years old. And remember, interesting, God never changed his mind about Moses. God was born to be a deliverer, or Moses was born to be a deliverer and uh, raised in Pharaoh's court preparation. Then he preempted the will of God in the flesh. Then he ran away from God, lost his confidence, backslid. And then God came in the burning bush and God spoke to him. And what did God talk to him? About his destiny, about what he was born for. God did not change his conversation because of uh, uh, Moses who relocated himself. God spoke to Moses about what he was born for. And God called him back to answer the call that he was born for. And he was doing okay. He was married. He had um, his father-in-law, Jethro, great wise man. And he had substance. He had wealth. He had everything. And the call of God was just going to bring one thing to his life. And that was sacrifice and conflict. So he needed a divine encounter with God. Sometimes we walk away and that's why times like this is important. And, and we get so busy and we say our prayers in the direction that we think we should go. That's why Jesus teaches us to pray, not my will be done, but thy will be done. That is actually what he teaches us to live in a place of consecration, that I will go where God wants me to go, that I will do what God wants me to do, that I will stay where God wants me to stay. There's no other place to carry the fire of God and to live a life of, of, of significant purpose because you can have a measure of blessing. But I always say this to people, you can put your ladder against a wall and you can reach the top. And when you get to heaven one day and have great prominence and great riches and great influence, but if that ladder is against the wrong wall, there's no reward for you. Not a single reward. Because God will reward you what He called you for. So, so you can accomplish some. You can accomplish much. 
in a measure of God's blessing. As a matter of fact, people accomplish much without God's blessing. But if you want to fulfill what you were created for, then maybe the most important thing is to understand God's will and to sanctify yourself for the call of God and for that journey because it's always going to clash and interfere with your will, which is your intellect your, or your mind, your intellect, your will, your emotions. So God calls you to be a doctor and you think, no, I'd rather go be a businessman. No, if God called you to be a doctor, you stay a doctor. If God called you to be an advocate, you stay an advocate. You get into that lane as soon as possible. If God called you to be, a profe- to, 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 to be an engineer, you stay in that lane. Because the longer you delay to answer the call of God on your life, the less likely it will become that you ever answer the call of God upon your life. I'm going to say it again. The longer you delay, the longer you procrastinate, the longer you delay to answer the call of God, the less likely it will be that you ever answer the call of God. Why? Because the price you have to pay becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and life becomes more complicated, complicated, complicated and your measure of success begins to interfere with the clarion call of God or the Kairos moment that you had with God. So, Some of you sitting here tonight, you know that God has spoken to you and you are running absolutely, you think you're running parallel to the call of God and you're not. You are running like this. Yes, God's plan, this is where you are. We want to walk like this, right? We want to be the arrow that God launches. We want to be the generation because for this world to become a better place, Every one of you have to find your place. You have to find your design. You have to find your destiny. You have to uh, 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 find your location. And you have to be who God called you to be. Because God will position like the tribes of Levi. God positions all of us exactly where He wants us to turn this world into a better place so that all the earth can be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So you don't walk away from God's uh, plan. Why? Because people are waiting on the other side of what? Your obedience. People are waiting on the other side of your obedience. That's why your walk with God becomes something very sacred. It's not just about me, myself and I. When you get into the fire, when you get into the presence of God, it's like Isaiah that sees the Lord high and lifted up. And he hears the cry come from the Father's heart who says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he says, here I am, Lord, use me. And God says, you will go to whomever I will tell you. And what does God do? I love this. God takes a coal or an angel takes a coal from the altar and he touches his mouth and he's changed forever. You are going to be changed forever by the power and by the fire of God. You cannot and will not be the same. You will never be happy with a lukewarm state. You will never be happy with one foot in the world and one foot in the church because when you stand before God and you present yourself to the living God and you say, here I am, use me. God hears you and God touches you and God anoints you and God will not leave you. He's going to remind you and He's going to bring a holy dissatisfaction upon you. You wonder why you're restless. You wonder why you're not happy. You wonder why you feel there's things that are left undone and unsaid. It's because you are not saying those things and you're not doing those things. Then 
you are not where God called you to be, it's time to get back, 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 back on the altar where the fire of God will fall, where you will not dictate to God, but you become a broken vessel, a vessel of honor, where the fire of God purges out the hay, the chaff and the stubble, all the things that you've accumulated through your ideas and your experiences and your thoughts and your, your, your influences, and you just become that empty vessel again to say, fill me up, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up, Lord, fill me up. Oh, I want you to know there are times in our lives over and over and over that we have to come to the altar and we have to empty ourselves. We have to lay it all down again. We have to say it again, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And God will put His fire upon you. He's going to put a fresh fire upon you. He's going to put wind in your sails. And He's going to cause you to run again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why would you be a dry branch? If God says you can be like Aaron's rod. You can bud again. You can produce almonds. You can flourish again. You can be fat. But you have to lay yourself in the presence of God. You have to put yourself in the presence of God. You have to to come with holy abandonment and put yourself in the presence of God and say, Lord, here I am. 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 You lay yourself barren. You lay yourself bare. You lay yourself broken. You lay yourself as a sacrifice on the altar and you will see the fire will come because it's the sacrifice that attracts the fire. It's the sacrifice that attracts the presence of God when your heart cries out I want all 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 that you have for me in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on pray 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 in the name of Jesus 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 I put myself on the altar I put myself on the altar. I put myself on the altar. That's where the fire will fall. I release the fire of God upon your heart. Release the fire of God now. Now in Jesus' name. Now, 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 now. Fire, 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 fire. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire, fire to burn that cannot be consumed. A fire, a fire, a fire, a fire. A fire, a fire, a fire, a fire, oh, a fire, a fire, a fire, a fire. These are the days of separation. These are the days of separation. These are the days that are divine. These are the days where the fire will burn. Fire will burn. Fire will burn. Change destinies. Change destinies. Change destinies. Come on, pray, man. Pray, 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 pray. Pray, 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 pray. Hallelujah. 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 Your fire. Consume the sacrifice, Father. Consume the offering, Father. Consume the sacrifice. Consume the sacrifice. Consume the sacrifice. Consume the sacrifice. 
Let your glory fill up. Let your glory come. Let your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Your glory, your glory. Your glory. Your glory. Your glory. Come on, you don't have to stand here for God's fire to fall upon you. Lift your hands where you are. You know, we sing sometimes, we, it's like we say, show me your glory, we want to sing it out nice. No, Moses cried out. He didn't speak, he cried out. He cried out with a passion. He cried out, his conversation was God, wasn't monotone, wasn't this what we make it in our church songs today. It was a raw conversation. It was a conversation where he was crying out to God, show me your glory, Father. If you don't go with me, I don't want to go. If you're not with me, God, I don't want to move a step. I don't want to move a millimeter, not a centimeter. Show me your glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Show me your glory. We want to tone everything down to nice in the church. No. No. There are moments of intimate worship. But when we cry out for the things of God, it's a hunger. It's a desperation that comes from the depths of our soul. It is deep calling unto deep. It is crying out to God in a way that we don't even understand ourselves. Way beyond our intellect. Way beyond our natural understanding. Just a heart that yearns after God. That cries after God. That cannot get enough. Show me your glory. 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 I want to do what I was born to do. Come on there in Cape Town, lift your hands. Get ready for God to move. Come on. There in Johannesburg, lift your hands. Show me your glory. Let your fire fall. Father, now on that church in Johannesburg, come on, lift your hands. Receive through the link tonight. Fire in the name of Jesus upon those at the altar tonight. Him, lift your hands. Come on, some of you as pastors, you have to cry out with a desperation. Cry out with a desperation. Cry out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Show me your glory. Come on, if you don't want to sing, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray, 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 pray. But, 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 rabbi, 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 want dit wat jy begeer, kom van die Heere. Rabbi, show me your glory. I want to be used by you, Father, I repent. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory.
Show me your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory.
Now listen, listen, God is separating people. Ek kyk gauw vir my hier so. God is bezig met jou. En hy is bezig met jou op een manier wat jy nooit gedink het moendelik gaan wees in jou leven nie. He is busy calling you. He is busy separating you. And he's going to use you. Yes, he is. Come here, let me pray for you. Lift your hands. Fire! 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 Yes, you're going to carry that fire. <laughs> you're going to carry that fire. <laughs> I tell you, I know him for long. I know him for long. I tell you what. Yes, that hunger comes from God. That's Him. That's Him. That's God's fire. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it when God calls strong men. I love it. 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 You're all strong men. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, when, when God gets all the people that didn't grow up in a charismatic Pentecostal church, and uh, of strong, yeah, yeah. And just God just goes, boom, boom. And God says, you mine, you, I'm gonna use you. You, I'm gonna use you. This is your time. You're running this way, you come here. I'm gonna use you. He's gonna use you. Watch, watch, watch how God's gonna raise people up. God's, watch how God's gonna raise them up in Jesus' name. Watch it, watch it, watch. Watch, lift your hands with me. Come on, just where you are and receive. It doesn't mean I pray for one person. God's not touching everybody. That's not the case. That's not the case. It's not the case. Some of you are thinking about retirement and God's already talking to you about what you're going to do after retirement and it's not what you want to do. (laughs) Some of you are thinking about retirement and God's plan is not your plan. You're only ready now for God to use you to do great things for you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. 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 Receive what God's doing in your heart, man. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. All over, in all the churches, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. In Jesus' name, receive what God's doing in your heart. Receive it, don't wrestle with Him, you're not a Jacob. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle. Don't wrestle. Fire. Fall like rain. 
Fire in the Holy Ghost, fire now. Filled, 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 filled. It's okay. Filled, 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 filled. The shoulder had surgery. Don't grab my arm, please. Filled, filled. Yes, God's going to call you. God's called you. He separated you. Yes, you know it. You were raised for 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 it. Raised in Jesus' name. Raised. Raised, 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 raised. Raised in Jesus' name. Raised. I can only work with the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Your way. Let your glory filled. Now, filled. Filled. Fire. Fire. Stay down, girl, and don't hurt her. Don't step on her. God's working in her. I said, believe. We don't step on people. Careful. Especially with women. Be careful. Fire. Fire. Please, Spirit, have. You see, as a fire, this is a fear call. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Receive. Receive in Jesus' name. Receive what God's doing. Fire. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Holy Spirit. Lift your hands. It's a new day, man. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Satan is a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. Fire. Fire. Fire in the Holy Ghost. Fire. In the name of Jesus. Fill him up, Father. He's big. Fill him up. <laughs> fill him up. 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 Uh, come on, young people. Worship the Lord. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. God's stronger than you, by the way. Fall like rain. Holy Spirit, filled, filled, filled. Bring here. Have your way. Come here. Turn here so you don't get hurt. Stand there. Filled. Let your glory fall down. You be whole. You be free in Jesus' name. Now, now, whole, free. down me have your way have your way have your way it's okay it's okay fall down let your glory fall down come on hallelujah hallelujah Come on, some of the other pastors, go quickly, five minutes. Pastor Louis, Jezus Gesalf, begin for the mens a bit van die kant af. Quick, 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 quick. Pastor Louis van Poch, begin die kant bid. Pastor André Lombard, bid. I only released the two of you to pray for people quickly. Quick, quick. Quick, quick. Quick, quick. Holy Spirit.
Come on, lift your hands, sing it. Come on, it's early, it's early, it's early. Come on. Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. Come on. Amen, amen, amen. Just take your seat, it's okay. Take your seat. Not, I'm not like Jesus said, take your bed and go home. You can't take your bed. You can't take your seat. And it's just stay where you are. Do whatever you want to do. God's presence on you. Um, I understand it's a new experience for many of you. And uh, people come here and say, what the heck's happening in that church? Let me just give you two scriptures quickly um, to see how the Holy Spirit is released. So you can understand that what's happening is biblical. Okay? It's not some magic. It's not some hypnosis. It's the Holy Ghost. So uh, uh, when Jesus operated, I love it, they say, people went and they said, we saw strange things happening. It's like... Um, I think especially after Thursday night, some people were like, okay, owns it for herself. It's like, what is D? What then killer is that? Demons living people. And um, the presence of God has got so, like we all should actually be not one dimensional. No, um, there are so many different attributes 
to God and to the Spirit of God, sometimes God moves in a very mighty way, rushing. And He skit alles in a oomlik, like on the day of Pentecost. Mighty rushing wind. He shakes everything. It's like boom, 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 boom. And everybody gets a shock. But we shouldn't be afraid. Because whenever Jesus did something, people always feared. And they, what did Jesus also say to them? Fear not, it is I. Because when you're confronted with the unknown, your first reaction is fear. And you need to get ready for God to work in the church. Because the world, you know, people who do drugs do it full on. And by the way, drugs is a spiritual experience. Drugs actually takes you into a spirit dimension. That's why people hallucinate. They actually, it's a gateway to the spirit dimension. And it's also a gateway for, for demonic um, oppression. You, you do drugs or alcohol excessively, too much alcohol, you open yourself to demons. You understand? Because I, I, I told you, your, your spirit has to be possessed by something. God created you to be possessed by His Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit doesn't possess you, something else will possess you. You don't even know it. The spirit of the world, yes. Or, or some other foul spirit will possess you. So um, I just want to read this so um, you can understand what revival is and how it happens. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 21, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had fallen upon none of them. Only they'd been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, who was a sorcerer, by the way, but he was a sorcerer who understood the, um, the dimension of, 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 of dark spirits, but he had repented. You actually read this. He had just repented. He just came to Christ. Now he sees a greater power. When the apostles lay hands on people, the Holy Spirit comes. He falls on them. So when the Holy Spirit falls upon you, that weight comes upon you. Sometimes people fall over. It is just how it is. You can't fake it. So when you see certain things, you think, uh, you can't fake certain things. You can't shake at a million miles an hour. And that's not a devil that's shaking you. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? Because God is power. So people say, um, I don't believe in this. Well, give me your finger. I'm going to put it down a 300 volt socket or something like that. And I'm going to shake you as well. Okay. So when the Holy Ghost touches you, you can't stay dead. He, he sh sometimes he shakes you. So I, I, I get cautious when we always want to go in worship. There's time for, um, I don't want to call it coma worship, uh, where we linger in God's presence. But when we cry out to God, it should be a very heartfelt, it should be a very raw kind of a worship because that activates something else in the anointing, in the atmosphere. Everything cannot just be nice. There are so many dimensions and that's why we have to take, uh, hook up with the anointing as a preacher whatever we do hook up with the anointing and, and, and find the mind of God for the meeting but get this so Simon is an onlooker like some people that are watching uh, 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 social media tonight and he sees when that man puts his hand on some people something happens to them but he's smart enough to know it's the Holy Spirit touching those people because he knows the fake you see some of you, when the Holy Spirit touches people, you don't know it's the Holy Spirit because you don't know the fake. But ask any Sangoma. That's why so many of them got delivered the other night. 
Ask any witch. They know what the true power of God is. Uh, westernized, sophisticated uh, minds don't understand the power of God. And, and uh, that's why we have to understand that there are times that we need to allow, not times, we have to allow God's power to move in our midst. We have to understand it and allow God. Because I promise you, I pastor this church, I know people. Some people are the most conservative people that you will ever find and then God touches them and things happen. Because when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's something about to happen. Are you listening? This is not a hype. This is not emotion. The Holy Spirit is a person. So yeah, Simon, like you, observes. And he sees when the apostles lay hands on people, the Holy Spirit falls on those people. So he sees a manifestation of what? Of power. And Simon saw through the laying on of the hands of the apostles, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, give me this power. Also, that anyone in whom I lay my hands may also receive the Holy Spirit. So he, he, he sees. So when you see God move, don't become afraid. Don't question it. Don't talk against it. Understand. Go read the book of Acts. You will see the power of the Holy Ghost move again and again and again and again and again and fall on people and heal people and deliver people and cause devils to come out of people because when the glory shows up, things change. The atmosphere changes. The powers of darkness is broken. Lost people get convicted. Shackles are broken. Come on. People are called to God. People are anointed. People are baptized. So when God shows up, what shows up? Power. Say it. Say power. When God shows up, power shows up. Not sentiment, not emotion. There's power that shows up. And when the power of God shows up, things are about to shift and change in people's lives. So Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be uh, uh, purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And uh, I'm not going to get into the Sangoma thing again. But there are pastors that operate by the Spirit of Sangoma. The other night there was one year I discerned him. He's a pastor, but he, I don't know him, but I know by the Spirit. And he operates, uh, uh, he tries to operate by the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit and by a, a familiar spirit. You cannot. That devil is going to turn against you. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who you are. The sons of Sceva, they tried to cast out the devil after Paul delivered many people. And though, uh, that one man overpowered seven of them and stripped them naked and they ran down the street. Listen, God's going to turn up His glory. God's going to turn up His power. We have to get ready for it. We have to be hungry for it. We have to allow God to be God in our midst. We have to allow God to touch people. We have to allow people to have the liberty and the freedom to, to, to press in and to touch the hem of His garment. No matter whether it's a morning service or an evening service, we need our people touched by the power of God. Say amen in Jesus' name. And that means you as well. Because I've, the one person that got touched tonight, he's been here, uh, he started coming to this church in COVID because no other church would open. We were the only church open during COVID. And, 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 and uh, 
violated regulations um, and had the police come every week because I don't believe the government ever should have the power to shut the Church of Jesus down. The government does not have power over God's kingdom, okay? And we did it wise, we did it safe, and we will stand by that. And I tell you what, as long as I live, I'll never shut the doors of a church in my life again, no matter what happens, okay? It's never gonna happen again. One of the greatest deceptions that ever hit our planet. Now, some of you are still figuring it out. It was. You know, people are still being diagnosed with COVID right now. There are people in hospital with COVID now. Do you know that? As you're sitting here. I said, believe mom. So people hate it when I speak the truth. Because what happened was a, a, a spirit of fear was released with the help of the media. And in South Africa, we had churches shut down for two and a half years. They are running now at 20%, 30% of what they were prior to COVID. You want to tell me that's for the glory of God? No. It's not for the glory of God. But God will restore it. If we allow His glory back, if we allow His presence back in the name of Jesus, God will restore. Amen. So Acts 19 verse 6, Paul, when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So we see through the laying on of the hands, the Holy Spirit comes upon people. Acts chapter 19, 11, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from the body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. So there's going to come times when I'm going to pray over things, give it to you and you're going to go lay it on that sick person in the hospital. That person is going to shout, the devil is going to come out of that person and that person is going to be healed. What I'm saying to you is you need to learn to make a demand on the anointing of God. Sometimes if you want to do it and you just want to come and lay a handkerchief on the altar while I preach, that's enough. Because it's your faith that's going to make this happen. And then afterwards you get your handkerchief and you go put it on your husband. No, you go put it, um, uh, shove it down his throat. No, you go uh, put it in his sandwich. No, you go, <laughs> you go, you go, you, you, you go. Because the anointing destroys the yoke and the anointing is transferable. Amen. So, so um, you know, we're not even scratching the surface here of, of, of what the anointing can do and how powerful the anointing is. And now the anointing can be transferred, etc., etc., etc. And I can feel us, we, we like in ankle deep water, we're going to go deeper and deeper. And I'm going to ride this thing this week, this year, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, until it breaks open. I tell you, until something breaks open in you, something breaks off of you, I'm going to ride this thing, this wave, amen. Uh, wave upon wave upon wave upon wave. We're going to see God's glory come. Sick people are going to be healed in our worship. People are going to be delivered. Devils are going to come out. Lost people are going to get saved. Prodigals are going to come back. Come on, the glory is here. I said the glory is here. God is here. God is ready to do great things for us. All we have to do is step into it in the name of Jesus. And the rest will be history. The rest will be history. We just have to step into it. He does everything. We can't change ourselves in any case. We just have to step into His presence. Step into His river. Step into His glory. Step into His anointing. And then we change from glory to glory. But we have to stay there. We can't every now and again put our toe there. We have to press in. 
and stay there. Please, I want no one moving now, every head bowed, every eye closed in all our churches. God's here. Not because I said so, but because he said, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. He's here tonight in every church, every location. Maybe you're sitting here tonight, you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're at the altar, I don't know. And God's talking to you tonight about your relationship with God. Maybe as a young person, you serve God, but you've grown cold. You've wandered away from Him. Tonight, God's calling you back to Himself. If you had to die in the next 24 hours, where would you spend eternity? Jesus alone came to save you. And the first thing the Holy Spirit does, He convicts you of the need of Jesus. He deals with your heart so you can get yourself right before God, right with God. You're sitting here tonight and God's working in you. And you say, Pastor, I need to get right with Jesus. Down there in Cape Town, in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein. Doesn't matter what you've done, God loves you. And He's calling you to come home. When that prodigal son returned home, when the father saw him, the father ran to him. Didn't point out his son. Didn't sling mud at him. The stench and the stain of sin did not deter the father's love. But the father came to him and put a robe upon him and said, my son that was dead is alive again. Some of you need to come alive again. And it's not enough just to sit and watch what is happening. You have a decision to make. Like that prodigal son did who said, I will return to my father's house. I will go back to my father. I want to pray for you tonight. God is stirring you. God is working in your heart tonight. And tonight you say, that's me. I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. On the floor of the balcony, the ramps there in Bloemfontein. On the floor of the balcony in Johannesburg, in Cape Town, in Potsdam, in Durban, in all the churches. Right where you are tonight, God is talking to you in your heart. And He's calling you to surrender your life to Him. Tonight you say, Pastor, I'm ready to surrender all to Jesus. I need a fresh start with God. I want to give my life to Him. If that's your desire tonight, quietly, while every head is bowed, every eye closed, that's you tonight, quickly raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you before we close this meeting. Raise it up high all over this place. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you. Up there, God bless you, bless you. God bless you. Yes, many of you. Phenom. Is a roaring deeper than you are. This God's geest, what with your work, what in your work, what with your praat. Is your time to make to make, your life worth to give. Vanavond in die plek. Last time al voor ek bid. Jy sê vanavond, ja, sluit my na gebed in. I want to get right with God. Surrender my life to Jesus. Quickly, slip your hand up. Thank you. Slip it up in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Bless you. Um, I've always been hungry for God's presence. I've praise God. I've always been very hungry for the presence of Jesus. <laughs> so, back in 1993,
I was praying. <laughs> and I said, Lord! <laughs> I, I was praying. I said, Lord, he said, after a while, yes. <laughs> he said, I said, I want to see something, because I was reading 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1 to 5. Uh, my speech and preaching were not, were not with enticing, beguiling, enticing words of man's wisdom, with philosophies, smart, sharp, impressing everybody with your eloquence and your oratory and all the nonsense that we all can do. Um, and, and dissect scripture in 50 different directions and impress the living daylights out of your mind that give you nothing that changes your life. Because I was one of those expository teachers that changed nobody's lives. Fill their minds with intellect, but changed nothing. And I was tired of it. I cried out to God. I said, I want to see something I've never seen. I want your power. And in Lady Brain, 93. And I was talking, just normal, like then, praise God, never in the American accent, but I think there was a few praise like that, because I was listening to these American preachers, etc. And um, I was just talking normal. I wasn't a preacher then, by the way. The anointing made me a preacher. I was a teacher. I was just teaching. So, well, praise God, open your Bibles. I'd walk around with my Bible, say, well, let's go to the Scripture and then pull that Scripture to, par to pieces, this way, that way. Um, etc. etc. Change nobody. Zippo. Zippo. Nothing. Nata. Nothing. I knew there was something more. And and I walked out and as I was talking, never seen it in my life. People fell out of their chairs. I thought, what the heck? So the ushers were running around the red brigade, concerned. So because we want everything decently and in order. Order. Do you do many? The pastor is in me here. So um, as I was talking, people are falling out under the power of God. I didn't understand, didn't know what the heck was happening. And I, I say to the people, move them out. Eventually, there's hardly anybody left in the church as the power of God falls. So it happens that Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Then it happens when I did CAM, Kingdom Advancement Ministry. I'm training people. As I'm just standing up talking, people are falling. Bible school Thursday night, people are falling. As I'm talking, I thought, what the heck is this? I go to my pastor in Bloomfield. He says, no, this is not right. This is demonic. But I knew it wasn't demonic. So I'm talking at a pastor's meeting in Fixburg. The, uh, the coordinator doesn't show up. And I just read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Suddenly all the pastors fall out. Boom, 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 boom. I said, oh, no. And there was no Google by then. Remember, you can't Google. What the heck is this? Then I heard of Rodney Howard Brown. I heard. No, I heard first of the Toronto blessing. Now, most of you won't know what it is. It doesn't matter. And I decided I'm going to go see for myself because God's doing something in me. I've not heard about it anywhere else. I'm going to Toronto. So I climbed on a plane. I'm saying this to you. I climbed on a plane. Air Italia. Those years, if you flew coach, you had your smoking section and your non-smoking section. I'm an ex-smoker, okay? So I hate smoke. I, I can't handle it to go in a hotel room where somebody smoked before. 
ex-smokers knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's the worst thing ever. Your nose closes, um, you, you get whatever. It's a terrible thing. Okay, so um, um, there I sit with a layover and, and we paid. Our own credit cards fly now, pay later. How many of you remember that? Right? So I, I'm sitting and we fly to, to uh, uh, Rome and stay there for 21 days, ach, 21 hours to catch a flight to Canada, land in Toronto, go to a little building where there were only 400 seats. And if you know anything about me, after the army, I don't like to stand in queues. Okay, if I have to stand in a queue for a restaurant, I'm not eating in your restaurant. It's not happening. It's not happening. I don't stand in the queue. It's not happening. I refuse it. So, uh, I, but I stood in a queue for three hours to get into that little building because there were only 400 seats. From there, I flew to Dallas because I heard about Rodney Brown meetings. No accommodation with three other people. Hungry for God. Walked into the meeting. The meeting was over. A gray gentleman comes to us. Uh, he says, hey, fellows, can I help you? So uh, I, there was no Google in those years. You understand? The World Wide Web did not exist. You just went and you thought America, you, you come into a city, everything is on top of one another. But it wasn't. There was no hotel. No, and we couldn't stay, afford hotels in any case. We stayed in these stupid uh, lodges. Yuck, 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 yuck. I remember I threw the, the, the bedspread and the sheet and everything because God taught me cleanliness next to godliness. Everything was dirty and terrible. I had to put up with all of that to pursue the anointing in any case. So um, I, 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 we stand there. We walk in as the meeting is finished. This gray gentleman comes. He says, this morning I was praying. The Lord said to me, four people are coming from, from Africa. And I'm going to stand here and wait. And he was a very wealthy oil um, uh, advocate, lawyer, and the church was started in his house. He said, I'm going to take care of you this week. So we stayed in his house, not a house, a palace, okay, a palace. Everybody were there on, 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 uh, on suite bathrooms and they ran us to the meeting, from the meeting, to the meeting, back to the meeting, up and down, up and down, up and down. And I got touched by the fire of God and I'm saying that is because it's my hunger that took me. Today people sit, and I'll tell you social media is a curse because people can sit and they just log in from a distance. They don't pursue God, they don't run after God, they don't chase after God and I've learned, if you chase after God, if you hunger after God, you are gonna find God. So come on, be a God chaser. You press into God, you, you put up with the aggravation of traffic, whatever it is, I don't care. But get hungry enough to get yourself on a boat, on a plane, on a whatever it is. Get yourself hungry to chase after God when nobody else will. And I'll tell you, that's there in Toronto, before it became a worldwide phenomena, it was only 400 people and I made it in every day because I stood in the queue three hours in the morning three hours in the evening to get into the building, okay? Six hours outside to spend time in a meeting. That's where I got the vision of hell. That's where God showed me. That's where my life was changed. In my pursuit. My pursuit. Pursuing. After having an encounter with God and not really understanding what is happening, but knowing it is God, I said, it has to happen somewhere else in the world as well. And I heard about this and I said to a few people, let's climb on a plane and let's go. And we went and I found God. You say, but God's in South Africa. I had to go on a pilgrimage. Maybe your pilgrimage is go to Johannesburg. Just chase God, man. 
Get hungry for God. Just get hungry. Get hungry for God. That's what I'm telling you. Get hungry for God. Because you find God, you're going to find vision. You're going to find everything you're looking for in the person of Jesus Christ. It's a privilege to pray with you tonight. Put your hand on your heart, please. And just pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life back to you. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for washing me, for cleansing me, and for giving me a brand new start. I surrender all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, you're back. You're forgiven. You're washed. You're justified by faith. Justification by faith. Saved by grace through faith. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.